Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the event of the season. The best moment all year long. A moment that comes but once a year. It is the 2022 Killies Awards. Tom, that's right. I'm Brian Brushwood, live on the scene right here in the world. And I'm getting word from Santa that his biggest regret is that he has to give coal to bad children and that he has to miss the Killies. We go now live in Austin, Texas to Bryce Castillo. Bryce. Thank you, Brian. I'm here from Santa's Ground Zero where he is in his jammies and saying, no, thank you. I will do it again next year, which is a real quiet quitting. <laughs> for old Père Noel. Back to you at the Achilles decision desk. That's why we call him Quiet Kringle. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. That's right, Tom. I. Oh. That... Yeah. Brian, can you... This is a good. That that's right, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> you know now you're. Huh, yeah. Oh, this one's for YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, we're doing here to present about, our uh, first uh, award uh, is Bryce Castillo and Brian Brushwood. <laughs> I mean, we're starting with a showstopper on this one, right? I mean, this is the only thing on oh all gosh. of our lists. Are, 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 are we all three co-signing on this before we announce it? I think so. Uh, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Usually. Other award shows, they string you along. They they give you best picture at the end of the Oscar. They give you uh, best song of the year at the end of the Grammys. No, we're, we respect you as an audience. That's why I'm wearing a brand new top hat. As uh, I tell you, the winner in three categories across all of our lists. Uh, yes, it is not only the best bestness. Woo! It is not only the best show that starts small and fascinating and just keeps be getting bigger from there. Bigger from there! It is also, Bryce? Yeah, it's just at the top of my list. Well, sorry, or, I, I was trying oh. to toss to you because I didn't want to scroll down. It's also <laughs> the best sci-fi. It's also the best sci-fi. All three of us agree that one of the best things of 2022 is the Apple TV Plus original Severance. How so good. good is this show? It's impossible. It's got good. all the doorways. All the doorways. You like characters? We got characters. You want a weird setting? We got a weird setting. Interesting language. This thing dialogue is amazing. Plot? Plot's off the charts. You like us? You like things? Do you like things? You'll like Severance. And uh, it's 30 minutes. Also, on top of all of that, it's a 30-minute show, which oh my gosh. is it like a Mary like Severance now. at all. It's no, like, I forgot it was 30 minutes, so you just said that, Bryce, because it feels like it, in a good way, like it's more than 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Adam Not Scott. like in an Avatar way of water. <laughs> <laughs> like, Adam Scott is great. Uh, ben Stiller is attached to it. Like, uh, he, he did he some of the directing. He directed the first episode or two. Yeah. Uh, it's It's stellar. It's stellar. It's so good that it makes me worry that they must mess up season two. Well, <laughs> but it, I'm trying to be better than that. It's 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 also good on multiple layers. Uh, the surface layer, it's already good in that it's a sci-fi show about people who sever their brain where their work day, they don't remember their outside life. And in their outside life, they don't remember their work life. That alone is brilliant. But as a meditation 
on our work-life balance, which mm-hmm. is something in mm-hmm. the cultural gestalt, especially in the era of the pandemic and so on, uh, is is fascinating. The idea of us, are we trading our time for money because we're broken or because we're healthy is in there as well. And then on top of that, you have the layer of basically a, um, uh, uh, oh, what's the inheritance show on HBO uh, succession succession. Yeah. yeah, You have a little bit of that in there as well. Mm, Yeah. 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 There's power dynamics. And, and, uh, and that part is interesting because you, uh, you play a different role in different parts of your life, right? You're a little bit of a different person at work than you are at home. Uh, And in this case, they take that to the extremes. And so you have multiple succession fights because you literally are a different person at work than you are at home. Uh, And yet, as we find out at the end of this series, trying to avoid spoilers, you're also not any different at all. You're exactly the same person, just with a different set of uh, baselines, right? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, The uh, uh, this show is so good; it caused me to go back and play the Stanley Parable and to enjoy the Stanley Parable deluxe version that just came out. it's great at all levels and um boy uh, a lot of surprising themes in there as well um i'm thinking about the budding relationship that appears midway through the season correct that I won't talk about. correct uh, and, and uh, unconventional interesting and mm-hmm. not one-dimensional also yeah. the very last thing we get out of this season is the last two episodes hint at the bigger world. Like I was perfectly satisfied with the very small closed box mystery that we were experiencing. Mm -hmm. And then they do things that expose like, well, what if this thing was out in the world? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the last episode was like, what if we found out what three out of our four main characters were up to in the outside world? Uh, And that only holds back the mystery of what's our fourth character like in the outside world. And uh, as we've talked about before, my, my speculation is he's incredibly healthy and just an awesome guy. I mean, it mirrors the experience of the severed workers. At first they're satisfied with what they have in their closed box and then they start to get a little inkling of what's happening outside. And then they're interested in that. And then there's a wider world that they, they discover it's yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's good. <laughs> last, last tip of the hat I want to give is to the fact that uh, one of the discoveries in the very last episode Oy. is um, stylistically, visually, certainly a nod to Apple and it's not insignificant that Apple TV plus is the show that we're watching and so on and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very good. It's a very good show. And Stiller is going to take Tim Apple down. Tim Apple from within. From within. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's severance. All right. Uh, I'm going to go to my first one that I think is a solo award winner Uh, uh, in the category of best murders. (laughs) <laughs> Showtime's Yellow Jackets. Wow. Uh, so uh, remind me. What's the pitch? Cra- 
Pretend that both Bryce and I have not watched Yellow Jackets. Why should I pretend when you haven't? <laughs> uh, yeah. So Yellow Jackets is it's a uh, it's a story that's told out of order. It actually it shares a little bit of the things that are good about Severance in that there's a very good mystery. You are not given all the pieces of the mystery. Uh, you think the mystery is one thing, uh, but you are seeing characters in different time periods. Uh, and the the central story is about a team of of high school women athletes, uh, and there's a plane crash. Uh, the problem with Yellow Jackets is I've probably already spoiled something just by saying that, uh, because <laughs> it's very much from episode one. You're like, wait, what is going on? What? Why am I seeing different time periods? Who are these people? Who are those people? How do they connect? Uh, and that's one of the beauties of it is having those those mysteries tantalize you, you trying to figure them out, and then having them revealed. Uh, and so it's it's a really hard show to sell somebody on mm. because. Uh, because you want to tell them what's great, but telling them what's great will undermine their experience of it. So you just have to to give those vagaries of like really interesting mystery told out of order, really compelling questions. But every time you get an answer, you get another question uh, and a lot of interpersonal dynamics. Uh, and and uh, as the category one uh, says, uh, amazing murders. So mm, mm. I know that if I there's a chance if I ask, where is this set, blah, 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 like the answer itself may be a spoiler. East Coast, uh, U.S. Okay, East Coast, U.S., what time period? There's multiple, multiple time, time periods. periods. Okay, okay. And they're, they're fairly modern. It's not a period piece. You know, okay. it's recent past and, and modern day. So so it, it's a story of, 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 of actions and consequences, question mark? Yes. Uh, and, and it's also dealing with, uh, um, sort of, sort of the, uh, the, the consequences of your actions in the past and why you do things when you're young versus, you know, what you make of them when you're, when you've grown up, there's a little bit of that too. Hmm. What, and, and what is, what is yellow jackets on showtime? Oh. Uh, so you can add it on to paramount plus you can get it on its own. Uh, or you can add it to your linear cable subscription, I suppose. You know. Would you say it's good enough for someone to subscribe to Showtime, even for a limited time? Because I don't know what other Showtime yeah, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, in fact, when it comes back, they've already approved season three, so you know you're going to get at least three seasons. When Ooh. it comes back in season two, you could binge season one and then catch up. Uh, you could wait until season two is done and binge the whole thing. I, I started watching it partway through the season, and I, I caught up fast. Because I, every time I got to the end of an episode, I was like, well, now I need to watch the next one to figure out what happens next. It's that kind of show. Nice. Uh, Bryce, after Severance, what is your number one pick of 2022? My number one pick of 2022? Favorite. F my favorite. Oh, we're, we're going to Bryce. Okay. Uh, my favorite of 2022 probably would be Better Call Saul uh, on AMC. Uh, I oh my don't... God. It did end. This year, yeah, didn't that was, it? That was the season. <laughs> uh, that show's perfect. It's it's great. I mean, 
the, uh, we've talked about Better Call Saul so many times. It, there's really no need to go over it. But this is an incredible drama, an incredible scale of a story, f- a fantastic perspective of you know this fast talking strip mall lawyer slash real lawyer, and uh, it, it, it's really fantastic. And you don't need Breaking Bad to enjoy Better Call Saul. Um, I mean, you can, it helps a little bit, and you can definitely tie them together. But um, it is. It exists on its own in the Breaking Bad universe to uh, an incredible degree. Uh, I, I I oddly think Breaking Bad is more important at the beginning of Better Call Saul than it is at the end, which you, I thought it would be the opposite. But it's like to get you into Better Call Saul because the earlier seasons to me aren't as compelling you kind of have to have by the end of better call Saul, you're like oh right this is part of breaking bad i almost forgot yeah it almost and i i I don't want to phrase this in a way that takes anything away at all but it kind of reduces breaking bad because better call Saul is so good on its own that you realize that better call Saul is a very complex story with two main characters Mm. and uh, the dance they do with all of their various individual demons. Whereas breaking bad is only about one character. I'd say breaking or better call Saul is about three or four characters, even more than two. I mean, you got Jimmy and Kim, but you've also got, uh, I was gonna say, I I think a lot of people think breaking bad is, is Jesse Pinkman and Walter White. Oh shoot. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's legit. I think, what you're saying is still true, which is that Kim and Saul are equivalent to Walter. And then what Bryce is about to say is there's some Jesse Pinkman's in there too. Right. You've got Nacho, who is an entire character. You've got more, a ton of Mike. You've got so much Mike Ermintrout. Oh shoot. I forgot about that. Yeah. Nope. You're right. Um, so it's, it's really solid. I think it's, it's hard to beat it. It's going to be hard to beat it. And I'm excited to see everybody try better call Saul. It's on AMC or it's from AMC. Uh, Brian, have you got a pick? Yeah, in the category of best, okay, with a period at the end, right, and no explanation of the medium or the format. Andor is so good. I am on my fourth lap of watching the entire series, and at this point, I no longer experience the joy. I just am studying why it's so good. It is The Wire. It is The Shield. It is The Sopranos. It is Battlestar Galactica. So it's and a it, prestige drama? It happens to be in the Star Wars universe. Um, one of the greatest delights in trying to entice my 18-year-old daughter into the Star Wars universe has been saying, I don't know, give this a try. Let's take a look. It's very un star Wars for something that's in star Wars. And she found it. If I say hilarious, that's uh, diminishing, but, but she was fascinated by how something so good could be set in essentially a cartoon universe. Andor is excellent storytelling. And there are lessons there if, if if you want to show up and hear them. It's the best. It's great. It's three movies in one season of shows. What is I what is Andor about? Andor is a spy thriller. 
Okay. About. It's set in 1938. About. Uh-huh. It's, it's set in 1938, Germany. The Nazi regime is on the rise. On the periphery are a bunch of small towns that can get away with things and have not yet realized what a beast the Nazi uh, regime is about to become. A few people realize that now is the best time to start an imp- uh, a rebellion, including somebody who, all things being equal, would rather just get along to get along. Um, it's, it's great. It's, it's the greatest Star Wars anything full stop. It happens to have space lasers and spaceships, but it's really about power and about about stealth rebellion. It's very good, and it's my favorite thing of this year. Wow. It's certainly something that, that has uh, uh, captured hearts and minds, right? You, you are not alone in picking Andor, for sure. That was a very kind way to say that you, that you do not share my enthusiasm. <laughs> oh, I think that's overselling it. I, I, because I think it's a nine out of 10 and you think it's a 10 out of 10 is, is the way I'd put it. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tom, would you put it on your list? I didn't. No. Yeah, you did. Oh, wait, I did. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, Tom, didn't you have Andor on your list? I did. Uh, in oh. fact, in the category of best used universe, uh, because I know this is not what people usually call attention to with Andor, but I thought one of its best qualities was the setting, was uh, the universe really looked you lived in, uh, in a way that a lot of the prequels definitely do not. Uh, and that the original Star Wars, while dated at this point because it was made in the 70s, really did. And I think Andor showed uh, how a used universe can look even better with 2022 technology. And it felt real. It felt like he was moving through an actual universe with actual people living in it. Uh, you, you know, one thing we've never done on the Killies is pick a favorite favorite. Uh, and, and I think it's pretty clear that Andor is my favorite favorite thing of 2022 maybe it'll be fun at the end of this to visit all of our picks and figure out if we have a a, a most favored uh kid well speaking of kids uh whose turn is it <laughs> uh tom i think it's your cho- your choice to give us a brand new pick Ah, okay. Uh, then uh, in Best Yelling, uh, the award goes to FX and Hulu's The Bear. Mm. Y'all uh, watch The Bear? Bear's so good. I, I, I've seen the first three or four episodes. I got all the way up to the part where uh, the our protagonist was established as somebody who lost a brother to alcoholism. And then, strangely, I lost interest <laughs> right around yeah, that time. But, sure, sure. No, I, I get that. Uh, um, but, uh, man, that that first episode where Cousin is like, listen up, all of y'all Snyder Cut, incel, MRFers, get in the line. So good. The, the show's so good. The process, the intensity, it, it's amazing. And the progression that it goes through over the season is really strong. I think they end the season doing an interesting thing. And they set up an interesting concept for season two. Yeah, this this is a story for people who like characters because the characters are compelling and they develop. 
uh, and they're interesting and they're not one dimensional and they interact with each other in unexpected ways. Uh, it's if anybody hasn't watched it, it's uh, telling the story of a brother who has been uh, a, a French trained chef, I believe uh, at a Michelin star restaurant and is now coming back to Chicago uh, to run his brother's Italian beef shop. Uh, and instead of just serving, you know, Italian beef, he wants to elevate. Uh, but still keep the the customers in the neighborhood happy. It's on the south side of Chicago. It's a working class neighborhood. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's some people in inside the restaurant who want to just keep doing things the way they've always done. And so there's, you know, personality conflicts over that. Uh, it's great. Uh, it's, it's a lot of yelling. If you don't like yelling, maybe, you know, you won't love it as much. Uh, but it's good yelling. It's the best yelling. And that's why it won best yelling on, on yes, top chef. of that. He's, he's got a little bit of baggage because he's clearly damaged from his time trying to compete in the New York. Oh, every, every single character yeah. is damaged. And that comes out through, throughout the, the season of just he, his damage is immediate, but also goes in different ways than you might've expected. Uh, and characters that you think, Oh, this is just the young up and comers trying to surf in, uh, has her own damage that that you get to see. It's 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 really good at revealing that stuff. Uh, who is the actor that is in both Andor and this show? The, oh yeah, the the, guy, uh, the cousin. Cousin, uh, yeah. Like yeah, like, like like that. That's one. Like if if I could place a bet, a speculative early in the season bet, that guy's going places. Like clearly, he knows how to be very many different people. That's that's good, the goodest skill for an actor to have, right? And, well, and yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't always apply. <laughs> so, wait, wait, so, yeah, right. But but I I I suppose what I'm thinking of is um uh I forget who the other character is, but Harrison Ford once said that uh, somebody said, yeah, when somebody walked in as a grocery store boy, uh, I knew he was going to be a star. And Harrison Ford, like, begrudgingly is like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought he was supposed to be a grocery store guy. You know, it's it, uh, uh, mm-hmm. whoever this actor is that that I'm sure somebody is looking up right now is excellent in that same regard. His name is uh, Eben Moss Backrack. Uh, he's been working since 1999. Uh, he was in American Splendor. Uh, he was in uh, a, an episode of Law and Order, uh, <laughs> several episodes of Law and Order. Uh, what else? Oh, he was in John Adams. Uh, no, he was in an episode of Fringe. Mm. He, what else? I saw something else here. Yeah, oh, Royal I, Tenenbaums. He was in oh, Royal Tenenbaums. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I guess his star is just at that right part on the rise where, like, I've you know, seen him in two things that I really, really dug made an impression. Uh, he's yeah. great. And these he's are probably great. meteor roles. You know, he's, he's working his way up to bigger roles. Yeah. The bear. Anyway, congratulations to the bear. Shout out to the bear. Uh, I've got an award. The award is for the best show that you can't tell was shot during a pandemic. And that goes to the righteous gemstones. Now, keep in mind, they cheated a little bit because I think the first three or four episodes were shot before the pandemic. Then the rest was shot after new things were established. Um, and yes, references were made to COVID. But oh, my God, season two of The Righteous Gemstones is so good. 
the first season was was this one the who done it or uh, each one is its own self-contained narrative and they're utterly delightful within the power structure of of a bunch of uh forgive the cursing dipshits who are fighting over their daddy's fortune uh, it, it's amazing it's an incredible show yeah uh fantastic comedic performances uh everyone plays a different type of of character and comedic voice and they all manage to sing really really well in the roles that they're put into uh and literally sing at the end of the season <laughs> yep indeed indeed uh good good comedy good funny stuff good stuff Bryce. oh yeah hey you know you want to throw it to me Oh, Ladies okay. and gentlemen, now <laughs> you know, in the, the category, the, the spoken word medium. Sorry. <laughs> ah, it's okay. Uh, no, I got a, I got a good pick. This was from earlier in the year. This is my uh, pick for the best teen thing. It's uh, the Netflix series Heartstopper. Um, boy, howdy! I was very, very worried when they announced this because I really, really like the web comic that this is based off of, also called Heartstopper, and. Um, I think that they do a very good job of adapting this webcomic, uh, very visual medium, into a teen romance comedy sort of story without feeling overly hokey or feeling like it's relying on young people lingo. Um, I, I think it manages to, to, to do that really well. If uh, Heart, Heartstopper, in short, is... Uh, the story of these two English guy, uh, English kids, these young young guy, uh, uh, young adults, high schoolers, uh, who fall in love, and one of them's out, and the other one is discovering what his sexuality might be, um, and then some of the stuff with their friends is in the mix. And I think the I think the show does a very good job of telling that story without overextending it just to mm. fill a season order, um, and so it feels pretty rapid. It feels like. Uh, you're not going to wait all season one for them to like actually get together <clears throat> like some other <clears throat> romantic shows. <clears throat> um, so I really dig it. They've already approved a season two and a season three, I believe. Um, really, really great. Get it in your life. Even if you're not a teen, I think it's very, it's just very sweet. It's just really, really sweet. Um, Heartstopper on Netflix. Oh, now I want to watch it. I, you, you mentioned it before and it sounded really good, but that's a, that's a great explanation of it. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it sounds fun. Well, well, now, Tom, what about you? What is your uh, next best? In the category of best opening credits, the winner is Peacemaker from mm. HBO Max. Now, I understand, uh, Brian. <laughs> I mean, there, that, there's no, there's no dispute. Like, what a great way to to just dissolve any kind of debate on this because that is factually maybe the best opening credits of the last ten years. Now I understand it also has won another award, Brian. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's the best TV show that begins with a previously on that shows clips from a movie. It's amazing, <laughs> and it's not the only one that's done it. But I don't know. There was something special about it doing it, right? Uh, mm -hmm. There was a previously on for what was it? Was it Wandavision? Uh, Book of Boba Fett that pulled in elements of of, of oh yeah the prequels yeah. yeah oh no yeah. it was yeah Obi Wan Obi Wan oh, starts Obi -Wan. off with that's what it was with prequel yeah. stuff yeah. yeah yeah 
bad uh, previously on, by the way. Just oh, a reminder, oh, oh, that previously on really stunk. Didn't I, do good. Uh, didn't do good. I also believe the MCU has done a little bit of that, maybe for She-Hulk yes, or something. WandaVision. Yep, yep. I think you're right about have, WandaVision, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Loki. Um, so, yeah. And, and honestly, Peacemaker, uh, it could win for its opening credits and the previously on alone. But also a really hilarious and unexpected show, uh, a show that that I thought was brilliant at walking the line of being funny without having to please someone's political sensibilities uh, and yet also not unnecessarily try to offend someone's political sensibilities, but instead go, Hey, you know, a thing that's actually happening in the culture right now, people are disagreeing with each other about what, what is right and what is wrong and what is standard and what's acceptable. Let's actually have our characters have those disagreements, but treat each other like human beings and, and, and still be funny. And it was all of those things. Well, and you'll also notice that uh, peacemaker at no point apologizes for being peacemaker. He just, he's, he's like that uncle, you know, he is who he is. However, what emerges over 10 episodes is that he's also a genuine person who will have your back and you end up appreciating in a world where a lot of people use careful language to mess around with you. You know, he's, he's, He's not beautiful in spite of being simple. He's beautiful because he's simple. Just because he is who he is. And, yeah. and it's a fully realized character. Yeah. Oh, okay. What? Totally what? different tones in those two interpretations. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I mean he's, look, uh, Peacemaker's an idiot. And, and, and he's barely not becoming an idiot by the end of it. But it's because he's an idiot that he's Peacemaker. I, I don't know. The, uh, the mere fact that there's lots to deconstruct here is awesome uh, and, and uh, a, a real. Uh, and it's still funny. Yeah. Right? It's not like, well, we have to be funny, but serious. Right. Like it, it's, it doesn't sacrifice the humor. It's, it's got some good, good, funny stuff. Agreed. Yeah. All right, Brian, what's next on your list? Well, I'm holding an envelope here that says here, best animated series to emerge from a notoriously toxic online video game environment. That's a weird category. Let me open it up. Let me see. What do I see here? It's arcane. <laughs> Ah, on Netflix. Yeah. Um, uh, you really got into this. You were really giving me the sell on this a few months ago. Yeah, and and, and I wonder if, uh, if, if part of the reason it didn't take is just because of the background or because it was a League of Legends thing or what? Like, like, um, oh, for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was yeah a little bit of a little bit of all of that. I don't know any League of Legends lore. I definitely don't want to support Riot. It looked the the I watched an episode or two, and I thought it was really good it was interesting and, and subversive a little bit to kind of mass animation but you, did you watch you watch the whole season uh yeah it's great the whole thing is great uh there are good twists um everything is visually rich uh storytelling wise you are respected as a viewer um i would say go in knowing as little as you can and i think you'll have a very good time I think that's not going to be difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it too. Uh, oh yeah. And, and I, I really wasn't expecting to, and I, that doesn't mean I was expecting to not enjoy it. I was just sort of like, man, everybody's talking about this. Let's give it a shot. I know it's like, you know, nothing about the lore or anything else. Uh, and, and it was, uh, it was a surprisingly uh, great story. Nice. That's arcane. That's on Netflix. All right, Bryce, over to you. 
I got a big stupid fun for you. I got a stupid fun. I got the best stupid fun for you. I it's, love stupid fun. It's so good for stupid fun. You already know because it's been canceled. It's the, <laughs> it's the Netflix uh, live action adaptation of Resident Evil. Um, <sighs> <laughs> Boy, that's how you know something's great is when somebody <laughs> considers how to sell it as great and sighs before the, the task. I, they do an interesting thing in the show of bouncing back and forth between two time periods. One pre-zombie invasion, the zombie outbreak, one post-zombie outbreak. And so they give two really different, um, two very different versions of the same character. You see her as a child in this gated community that Raccoon runs. And then you see her out in the Mad Max world where everyone is scraping by and doing all these awful things. And... Um, Along the way, you get a very bombastic action story. You know, the, the woman's kind of being chased by by the company, and the teenagers are trying to figure out what's going on inside Raccoon, despite the fact that it's Raccoon, the T-virus, definitely happened in this universe. This is not the first zombie outbreak. No one cares, apparently. Um, well, I guess they nuked Raccoon City. Anyway, fun, fun, don't think about it too much. It's fun. It's, it's fine, and it's fun. And also, it being canceled is not the worst thing in the world you could probably figure out what things they're gonna do after that anyway um but i think i think there are people out there who like who want a nice who want a good action thing i think that choreography and the action the tension is all very good there's a lot there's good there's a lot of cg with all the zombies and stuff um and i think they make a good case for why she has to be backpacking through europe for some reason um but yeah i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna give the resident evil my one thumbs up award one fun thumbs up. I didn't need really a punch up on that one, Tom. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, Tom, I noticed you're holding an envelope. What does it say? Yeah, Tom, what do you got? This is the nominees for Best Heart, uh, a, a show with heart, a show where you're like, man, I just, I just need a feel-good story. Mm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of Best Heart goes to Netflix, Extraordinary Attorney Woo. Woo! So, somebody you, in the chat during woo! tonight's episode just Ask randomly them. shouted yeah. out that we should check this out. Uh, I, I I know uh, I did we did watch the preview, but but it's like uh, it's somebody on the spectrum who is interning at a place for a thing. Yeah, woo! it is a Korean drama <laughs> okay. about a woman who is like you said on the spectrum, uh, and she graduates top of her class in law school. Uh, but nobody wants to hire her because of the stigma. So she gets hired at one of these top law firms and then nobody wants to work with her because of the stigma, but then they start to work with her. Uh, it is not played by a character with autism or anywhere on the spectrum. Uh, but she did a lot of work with, with people to, to try to represent well, you know, there's, there's generally a favorable re reception to her representation uh, because she got a lot of things right that a lot of depictions have not gotten right in the past. Uh, it's not perfect, but it's certainly in in world television uh, a, a good representation and in Korean television a huge uh, leap forward to, to show someone uh, in a lead role mm. with a love story being talented mm. uh, and not apologizing uh, for who they are. 
and and in some ways, it's also a procedural because there are various cases that come and go. It's not like one case through the entire series. Uh, and there is a little bit of a formula of uh, case comes, there's a big problem. And then at one point, because she's really into whales, uh, Attorney Wu suddenly sees whales up in the sky or in the reflections of buildings and gets the inspiration of like, ah, this is the thing. This is the case law that I can remember because I remember all the case laws or this mm. is the thing we missed that can crack the case. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's super fun. I really enjoyed it. Wow. Fantastic. And you said that was a Netflix. That is on Netflix. Yes. Extraordinary attorney. Woo. Woo. All right, Brian, I think you're up next. Yeah, dude, I'm holding an envelope right now that says the best worst movie ever that Bryce bullied us all into watching. And the award (laughs) goes to moonfall. Ah. Bryce, I can't explain where in my heart this movie lives. It is so terrible. It's so bad. And 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 for yeah. longtime listeners, like you told us how bad the movie was. Mm-hmm. And then when we asked you for details, you said, well, that would be a spoiler. And yes. that was one of the most curious moments of my entire life. Like if it's terrible, mm-hmm. why would Bryce not want to spoil it? And then I watched it <laughs> yeah. and it was like, don't watch it alone. Watch it with a friend. Watching that movie with my 15-year-old daughter was so good. It is so stupidly long. It mm-hmm. is so insane, so bonkers, so awful. It's so high-minded. So much money was spent on it, and they couldn't afford an editor or one person <laughs> to punch up the script. Like, my wife looked at a minute of it and said, I'm going to bed. Then woke up and called us saying, what's wrong? And we're like, what are you talking about? And she said, well, I hear screaming. And it's like, oh, no, we're laughing at how good good Moonfall is. Moonfall might have been like a top three movie experience of my entire life. And I want to thank you on the air right now, Bryce, (laughs) for bringing that to us. Yeah. So, like, Moonfall is a great bad movie it's it's a roland emmerich movie a disaster film i mean yeah it's roland the emmerich. so it's exactly yeah. that the moon yeah. is crashing into earth and the reasons why are ridiculous and the way that they save the day because they do is ridiculous and the I way that consider- they leave the earth afterwards is ridiculous the sequel that they set up at the end of this movie is ridiculous the thing that they say about human history and civilization in this is ridiculous <laughs> The I characters in this fall. movie are ridiculous. Sorry, Tom, go ahead. No, I consider Roland Emmerich to be a genre, and this is emblematic <laughs> of yeah. that genre that is Roland Emmerich. So I am I, I can't say how pleased I am that Bryce brought this recommendation because I'm usually the one who likes the dumb uh, disaster Roland Emmerich movies like 2012. Uh and that Bryce brought it in and Brian loved it. This is amazing. I love yeah. this. Congratulations, Moonfall. Well deserve it. All right, Bryce, what's your next one? I got the best doubling down here for 2022. In fact, this was uh, uh, this was a Achilles of mine last year before everyone got the good word. Uh, it is uh, the best doubling down from HBO in The White Lotus. Uh, season one is fantastic. It is uh, it, it's a it does a fantastic job of of juggling a lot of the same 
locations, a lot of the same characters. You know, this was shot because of COVID. This was shot kind of uh, adapting to COVID. So it was all in one Hawaiian resort, a, a, a single kind of cast ensemble. And the second season where they go to Sicily and they really go all out they, between just all, all of the picturesque locations, all of the the theaters and the gorgeous palaces that they film in, as well as just the heightened tension, I think, compared to season one. I mean, season one has a good, has an interesting heist and a lot of interesting question marks about relationships, but season two is a battle of the sexes. And it has, a, I think it has a lot to say about these characters and, and some of the ways that they live um, in... Uh, on this backdrop of of the beautiful Italian coast. Um, we watched The White Lotus Season 2 for the first time on Spoiler in Time. Brian and Tom, what did you both think about The White Lotus? Uh, I am sad that I watched Season 2 because to hear you tell it, Season 2 was better than Season 1, which means I started on heroin and now I have to go down to methadone to watch Season 1. Well, but uh, it's, it's great. Uh, it's Great. Season two speaks to themes of uh, intergenerational uh, wounds that that, that in, 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 um, uh, figuring out who you are. Uh, we see heists, we see cons, we see shenanigans. It, it, and a lot of a lot more mystery compared to season one. Season one pretty much answers the questions. Season two intentionally doesn't answer them in a and it, and it explains itself uh, to, to a certain degree. And I think it makes a very compelling argument. And and that's a tough thing to do is to leave somebody satisfied, but with no calories. And that's what season two does. Like we have no answers about what happens in the quadrangle. We have no answers right. about what the future holds for uh, grandpa, son and son of son, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, we have, and yet I'm perfectly at peace with all of that. It's great. Fantastic. Tom, did you Good job else? and congratulations to the White Lotus. Very well deserved. Uh, I agree 100% with both of you. I would like to give this next award to the best show I found myself unexpectedly excited to watch. Uh, it was a show I started watching because my wife grew up as a Lakers fan. And I'm like, nah, she's going to have some nostalgia. I'll have a little nostalgia from the 80s. Uh, this will be fun. It's all about the building of the L.A. Lakers uh, when Magic Johnson was a rookie. The uh, taking over of the team uh, by a real estate mogul uh, who was not expected to know anything about basketball. Uh, he's the person that brought in uh, the the cheerleaders. He bought the forum and tried to turn it into a place that people went for entertainment. He created the Laker Club. Uh, it's called Winning Time, uh, and it's all about the LA Lakers. A lot of people have criticized it for being unfair to certain characters because it's a fictional retelling. Uh, and yet it's incredibly entertaining to watch. And, uh, I, I, uh, I was one of those things where I saw it show up in that Apple TV row and was like, Ooh, uh, let's watch that. Like I, every time, even though I didn't really think about it the rest of the time, but I was always excited to watch it. I'm a bit surprised that I fell off of it because uh, the first episode or maybe the first two episodes before I fell off uh, were very well told, but I persistently had this sense that um, there was a story that I was supposed to know involving sports and, and, and uh, I don't know. It, 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 
didn't you felt have left to out. land. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think there was a story that you were supposed to know from following sports because a lot of the stuff that I was seeing, I had to look up and find out, oh, is that true? Uh, but uh, you have to have an interest in sports. It, w- it is not like a Friday Night Lights where you'd be like, yeah, you don't even have to know sports. You'll just love uh, the story. It's it's very much a sports story. That's true. That uh, I think you've nailed it. Uh, that's exactly the difference. Well, Brian, what? Who else nailed it this year? Uh, okay. Well, I'm holding an envelope that says "Best Show That Has My Daughter in It." Oh. What? Let me open the envelope. Thank goodness you're reading this guy. Uh, <laughs> it's "I Wonder" on Disney Plus. <laughs> uh, "I Wonder" on Disney Plus. Adorable, E-Y-E. adorable show where uh, they've licensed a whole bunch of clips from YouTube. Uh, there's slow motion stuff. There's digital shenanigans. There's learning magic, seeing magic, doing magic. And they happen to license several clips of me and my daughter, uh, which it's one of those things where it's like, uh, it's easy to forget just how crazy the world was during the pandemic. And during the pandemic, we did the insane thing of just taking a show that was about a cool magician at the bars and making it a dad teaching his daughter. And at the time we didn't know what we were doing or why we were doing it. And it was really cool that later on Disney plus was like, Hey, those are great. Can we have those? <laughs> and it's like, yes. And now it's a show on Disney plus. I wonder. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. At a cool moment. Indeed. Indeed. What's next on the list, Bryce? Uh, I got one for you. I like to throw some YouTube stuff in here every so often. I got an, I got one for you. I'll keep it short because I think it's hard to describe. But my best new content creator, I almost called this the best not for you category because it will be for not a lot of people, but uh, is a live podcast called Skeleton Realm Live what? on YouTube. It's these two guys in Atlanta who... It is it is difficult to explain what they do, so I will describe it like this. If you had two sociopaths write a comedy show, a live comedy podcast, and gave them gave them some gear and stuff, this is probably what they would put together. It feels incredibly unhinged. They are really good at setting up surreal ideas and and a little bit of an inside world. Um, but I also think it will be difficult for people to get into. It is not exactly mainstream comedy. Um, uh, if uh, what was the okay here, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna tell you a line from one of one of their recent episodes, and if you find this this these sequence of words funny, you might like the Skeleton Realm Live crew. Uh, the cubes and the rhomboid hexa triangles are entering the circular area. That's one of their topic names, and uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, the the thing that they do is, is really funny as well, but they they but 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 this is taken or at least at face value is taken seriously as this is the conflict of the RPG that they're doing. Uh, it's not even an RPG necessarily. It's it's just it's a uh, if if you uh, in podcast circles like if you like Hollywood Handbook or like alt comedy, oh, sure, sure. it is it is a little of that, right? It's it's saying something funny in a kind of a funny voice, but also it's written and there's some good stuff there. Um, but I, I really dig this. I think it will be difficult for people to get into, but um, I think it's worth a try. I think it's worth a try skeleton realm live. All right. Well, I, I am we are, holding a, actually, envelope. sorry. We're going to take one quick second for Tom. Oh, sorry. I was trying to cover for Tom. Oh, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought we were gonna. <laughs> All right, Tom. What about you? What have you got uh, your eyes on? In the category of best apocalypse, uh, the winner is HBO Max's Station Eleven. Oh my God, Tom! I'm ashamed to admit I have no idea what you're talking. I have about. no clue. I, I had to have look this no up. No memory of this. I did not know this. Well, it won. So get used to it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's the whole point of awards is now yeah. it's on all of our maps. You don't have to so sh- all over my nominee. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no. I no. want to know more. <laughs> Tell us more about those stations. I haven't seen stations one through 10. Station 11. <laughs> Station 11. You don't have to see the other 10. Station 11 is based on a book by Emily St. John Mandel. Uh, it was on HBO and it is uh, about a world where a virus uh, rips through everything. Uh, and uh, unlike us, they don't come out of the pandemic. It just keeps on killing people uh, until there's a lot fewer people left. And so it, again, it's a story told out of order where you're seeing some flashbacks uh, to what happened, you know, right as the virus was happening and people started to die. Uh, What happened uh, as the virus progressed and, and there's like some characters who are stuck in an airport. uh, And then there's also like a present day uh, where, you know, the people have stopped dying. So whoever's immune is immune. And now folks are trying to deal and, and rebuild society. Uh, it's, it's great. It's a great, if you love apocalyptic stories, uh, this is a really good, uh, a really interesting apocalyptic story with some threaded, uh, mysteries where you're like, well, wait, those two people know each other at the beginning, but we're not seeing them in the same place towards the end. So what Mm -hmm. happened? How did they get there? Why did this person end up stuck there? And how did he get to know them? And who's this mystery person that's causing problems and, and all of that sort of thing. Uh, if you liked that aspect of walking dead, this is like way better because you don't even need the zombies to have that sort of like how are people going to deal with human relationships is there a uh, meta narrative that you could reduce to a sentence or two or or is that something best left discovered from them I don't I I don't know if I'm just blanking on what the meta narrative is or I don't understand the question. Well, well, well like for example in uh, The Walking Dead it's it's that um uh, uh The Walking Dead aren't the zombies the Walking Dead are the humans and everybody's you know turns into animals because uh, scarcity is reintroduced or if if you think of Fallout you you know it it, it there are parts of Fallout where the meta narrative is um uh, uh, that if you all believe in the same shared Okay, so there's a, there's a repeated uh, phrase uh, called, I remember damage. Uh, and you definitely, that, that kind of hints at, at the meta narrative uh, there. So you, you're, you're, you're talking about, I guess the meta narrative would be uh, how people deal with trauma uh, and, and, and survive and continue on. Mm. does uh uh is it's one season is it a is it set up is it a setup for a second season or is it kind of no no it's a self-contained story it's just covering the events of the book oh well that's exciting Mm -hmm. well brian uh what do you got to excite us with well i've got this envelope here and on the cover it says uh best movie remember movies i have no idea what's in here hold on tear it open sound effects fully oh it's everything, everywhere, all at once. The best movie of this whole year 
full stop, come at me, bro, if you say otherwise. That's that's okay. A little aggressive for the award ceremony. Uh, no, I, I'm willing to physically fight anybody who has something else. Uh, play the no. music. Play the music. Uh, <laughs> uh, what a surprise! What a delight! What an uh, <laughs> what a treasure! And uh, shot during the pandemic, and with a message to the world. Like there's that moment when Short Round from the Indiana Jones movies says. I don't know what's going on. None of us know what's going on, but I know this much. It's important to be kind. Why don't we all be kind to each other? Um, To wrap such a cheesy message in such an absolutely thrilling nested universe on universe on universe with surprises every two and a half minutes, like to the minute, it's incredible. It's an achievement. It is, it is one of the most bonkers, complex stories I've ever seen in a theater, and all of humanity is better for having seen it. And 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 uh, and and he's right. So, <laughs> you know, like like you, you may be like that's too much. Brian's over. No, he's not. He's not overselling it. Like, <laughs> it's a really freaking good movie, people. Yeah. The second Blu-ray I've bought ever is everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, after the and first it's only not on my list because it wasn't in the app that I looked at to remind me of what <laughs> I watched this year. Because it's an amazing movie. It's, it's a good. It's, it's not mm-hmm. just a good movie. It's an important movie and an an important experience for I don't know, roughly teenage and up, you know, seventeen and up or whatever. There's definitely good parent-child conflict and and solutions that are that are really uh that are very good uh just do us the favor of promising us that when you watch it you will give it your full attention because this is one of those definitely not a rare gifts that deserves your full attention and in fact if you can find it playing at a theater i've seen some theaters bring it back wow do good Yeah, yeah like a second run or something maybe yeah yeah all right bryce what about you well, I got one for you here. This is my other YouTube pick. Uh, this is going to be my best content creator because these guys are not exactly new. But uh, it is a YouTube channel called uh, it's called Driven Media right now. But it's, they have to name rechange. They have to change the name to Overdrive because someone else has driven. Oh, uh, but this. But I, I I like this channel a a, a good bit. Uh, so the idea is. Uh, Three guys, one who is an actually a professional race car driver, one who is a racing engineer, and one who is just a guy who likes cars. And the three of them do Top Gear stuff. That's the shortest thing I need to say. They do Top Gear stuff. Um, and uh, and it's, it's really cool, whether it's them trying out a hypercar or if they're testing like mods for like a PT cruiser. Like they, they find some really fun ways to do things with cars. And I think these guys have, have good chemistry, which is a really big part of doing, especially car based stuff. You have to have a good rapport with uh, all your hosts. And I think they managed to do it really well. And they've got a good bit of polish and um, they've been in the game for a while. So I, I think, uh, I think really solid driven slash overdrive. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I would like to give the award for best time loop oh. to a Chinese drama uh, that I watched on Vicky this year called Reset. Uh, this is the one, if you remember, that takes place on a bus. Right. And they there are there's one character that can remember 
what happens when the bus blows up and finds themselves stuck in a loop where the bus blows up and then they're back getting on the bus. Uh, and the loop, uh, the loop time period is changing. Uh, and, and so they realize at some point that they, they've got to figure it out or at some point, uh, they'll, they'll not have a chance to, to change anything anymore because the loop will close. Uh, and it's just really well told. It's, it's a race against time mystery. Uh, you know, you've got multiple people on the bus and they're all suspects. Somebody brought the bomb on, nobody knows who, uh, and they have, you know, they start to use the tools of like, okay, well, we know we won't solve it this time. So let's do this to try to figure out this aspect of the mystery, knowing it's still going to blow up and we'll get sent back to the front of the loop. But at least, you know, we'll have this information. Uh, just really, really well told story. Uh, yes. So so from the last part you said, it, it seems reminiscent of uh, Edge of Tomorrow, right? Where it's like every death brings you new knowledge to play the game right. Yeah, yeah. I think Reset makes more use of that. Not necessarily better use of it, but it makes more use of that uh, than Edge of Tomorrow. And only because I think Edge of Tomorrow just does longer loops. So you really only loop through three or four times, right? Or Uh, or until you hit the montage where you're like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas Reset's kind of, they don't do the montage thing. Like you're, you're seeing what, what they're learning and getting something significant out of every trip. Uh, all right. Well, I'm holding an envelope and it says, please don't open this one. Let Bryce open it. And so I'm going to set that one down and I'm picking up a new envelope that says best movie. That is kind of a plug for a very good podcast. I wonder what this is. Mm, What could it be? It's it's Netflix's original operation mincemeat. Uh, uh, this has been kind of a surreal year because um, last year we released the first season of World's Greatest Con, which I'm very proud of and I hope everybody will listen to. Um, but the story that we told, uh, we we knew vaguely that it was going to be made into a movie, but we didn't know anything about how they would tell the story. So Justin and I told the story as we understood it as fast as we could. And I think it's quite, quite good. Um Then the movie came out, and I thought, oh, now's the part where we get in trouble. Instead, Netflix reached out to us and said, would you like to interview the director of our movie? He directed the Oscar award-winning Shakespeare in Love, and that became an episode. It it was a surreal experience. I'm very, very proud of what we contributed to the story, and I really enjoyed their iteration of the story. Um, please check out Operation Mincemeat, and I, I think you'll enjoy World's Greatest Con. <laughs> He's playing you off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I... I already dove off the stage. I, I, I got my plug. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. All right, well, then I think it's me. He left this envelope up here for me, and this ah! is the best Bryce has to, has to pick this one. Uh, I got to pick it's the HBO Max... Uh, comedy romance our flag means death ah uh, so good uh, it's so good it is it's very first off it's very funny uh it is not easy to write a funny comedy i think i think i have kind of discerned taste <laughs> for comedy um but it's it's very well very well written it's incredibly funny the locations and the concepts the ideas for episodes that they put together are an incredible slate throughout the entire season and they do a good job of uh stealthily having this be uh not just a romance story but a gay romance story um and uh i think 
that they sh- they do show a certain vulnerability uh, that you don't always get with stories about uh, about gay romances, um, especially one where the two parties are old or you know old adult men. No, yeah. adult men, older, um, middle aged men. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, and it's handled with grace. There's there's a uh, talk of uh, you know a beard and and that gets handled really really well for a show set in master and commander times yeah. um it is very very 2022 ish in in its in its stance on on some of the things that it talks about to great effect and and there's a lot of space for great guests um but basically the idea the short pitch is hey uh, steed bonnet the gentleman pirate um He's real, and he's kind of a a, a dip a dipped. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a he's a foppish dandy he's who who he's doesn't foppy. understand the seas into which he sails. And then you have this then, battle-hardened Blackbeard uh, that historically was a friend with the historical Steve Bonnet, right? Um, and that's probably where the history ends on it. Yes. But um, but it's 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 very sweet, and um, I think that they have set up a second season in a very interesting way that similar to Heartstopper is also not just the obvious thing that when you do one of these stories where like the end of the first season, that's when they finally get together and like, you don't have to worry about that. They actually do stuff. Uh, this one. So my envelope has it as the winner of the best show that pretends to be one thing and turns out to be another more interesting thing. Uh, that is one of my favorite things for stories to do is to market themselves and put themselves out as the first act and uh, uh, instead turn out to be just just fascinatingly surprising after that. And Our Flag Means Death definitely does that. And in fact, I held off as long as I could because I didn't like that or I felt like people were taking away from the surprise by calling it the gay pirate movie or what have you, because mm-hmm. the fact is it's a historical, the office set on a pirate ship movie that sure. happens to become utterly fascinating with a same sex romance. It, it's, I, 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 I resent that I have to take away that surprise because it was a surprise for me by mm. even saying this now. Yeah. And, and, and I think there are, there will uh, short of getting into just an actual research paper on the show, I think that there are, are perspectives you can take where pre-romantic plot lines, there's still a lot there about Steed and, and, yes. and his personal life. So our flag means death. It's fantastic. Don't, and don't, don't forget in a previous ceremony, uh, best show with Jim in it was also awarded to our flag means death because don't forget Jim. Don't forget Jim's story. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. That's right. That's the, an amazing uh, the, story. Uh, that's the B our, plot. Our, to this our fascinating, well. uh, uh, non-binary character yeah. who, who, who is uncomfortable with either label. It, it, it's, it's, it's really fascinating and in mm-hmm. it's deliberately anachronistic it's a delight. I've watched the whole season three times. It's great. It's fantastic. I am so excited for a second season. There we go. Uh, Tom. Tom, I think we're going next to you. Yeah, the you uh, the last of my envelopes uh, uh-huh. tonight um, in best capturing the old 
while keeping it new. Oh. Uh, a show, a show that I also was always excited when it would drop on Thursdays. I would watch it almost immediately. If I couldn't watch it immediately, I was upset. Uh, and that was something that wasn't true when it premiered. When it premiered, I thought, well, I'll get around to watching that. Uh, but I liked it more and more every week I watched it. It was Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Tom, you, yes. I, I have heard nothing but universal praise for Star Trek Strange New Worlds. However, I, I, I have not seen any of them, so I'm going to ask you directly. Lower Decks or Strange New Worlds? Oh, you can't I, okay, do that to so the man. I almost put Best Star Trek <laughs> as the category, and then I fought with myself over whether I could honestly say that, given that Lower Decks exists. But they are two entirely different approaches Correct. to Star Trek. Uh, so it is impossible for me to pick. The only reason I went with Strange New Worlds this year is that its first season is here. Whereas Lower Decks, as much as I love it, uh, there's not anything in this season that's like, and I love it even more this season. I just love it as much as I always have. Whereas Strange New Worlds surprised me. Strange New Worlds, I was expecting to be something I might be interested in. And it just, it just cap it captivated me because what lower decks does is shine a light on all the hypocrisy and all the weird things. You've always been like, well, I love star Trek, but isn't it weird that X, uh, <laughs> that and they're they all embrace communists? it lovingly and say like, yes, totally X let's play with that. Uh, and that's a fun thing. Strange new world says, you know, the original series was real campy and real dated now. What if we took what was good about it and just did it now? So it's procedural. Uh, it's it's visiting new worlds. You're not tied down by too much lore. They have a little more of an overarching story than the original series did. But you get that freshness of like, oh, we're just going to have a new adventure every week. But I'm not going to look at things and go, well, that's actually a cardboard box uh, because it's got modern effects and modern production values and, and modern storytelling chops as well. So you're not you're not seeing the the things in the story that you're like, well, that's very predictable. It's it's just the first time that somebody's been like, let's remake the original series, but not actually remake the original series. Let's give you new characters or at least characters that haven't been fully explored before. And the award for best dodge of a direct question goes to Tom Merritt. Uh, uh, I assume that uh, uh, what you're expressing is that it's a very difficult Sophie's choice. Like you would not want to be in the position of having to choose between these two because one is uh, in emerging. I mean, if you say it's Star Trek Lower Decks season three, and you've already watched season one and season two of Star Trek Lower Decks, unfair. and it's Strange New Worlds season one, but you can't watch one or the other, I'm going to pick Strange New Worlds because I've only got one season of it. Yeah. That's mm. fair enough. Yeah. Wow. There we go. Uh, let's see. I got one last one here. All right. Uh, uh, and this will be a good one to go out on. The best superhero thing I've decided Oh my God. Is this, it, am I seeing inside your envelope correctly? You, you are peeking into my envelope correctly. I have picked the Disney Plus series She Hulk. This is wonderful. And Bryce, I, I hope this isn't too weird, but I want to go get all of my She Hulk. Uh, comics uh -huh. and share them with you now yeah, you, uh, uh, like you came like like you had none of the baggage 
that I had going into this. But you loved uh, the show. I did. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I had all the benefits of having previously yeah, I think, read I, all I get this stuff. Brian's I mean, like, I was set up to love this correct. show, but you were not. Correct. And yet, and mm. and, and so, uh, tell me about your experience. Uh, I'll look. I think it's not been a great year for superhero stuff. Just in general, maybe. Uh, maybe that's an unqualified claim. That's not, the retweets no, are not endorsements. No, no, no. But, uh, uh, um, we, we we can look at the facts. How did you like Moon Knight? How did you like anything from DC? How did you like Black Adam? Ugh. How did you like uh, the Eternals? How did you like? Uh, we can keep on going. Yeah, uh, and we can keep listing movies I've never seen. Right. I uh, I think She Hulk does a very good job of writing one of those Marvel stories <laughs> in in a structure that has mm, joy, a little bit of groundedness to it, that has a little a little bit more reality. Quote she turns into a big green giant. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think that they do a good job of showing a human conflict um, as they intersect with superheroes and not just constantly reminding you that superheroes are made out of flesh and carbon. Like, like, no, like she is uh, a a successful person. She is powerful. She has uh, a lot of, a lot of emotional strength to go with the physical strength. And I think that, uh, granted these are all none of these are original but i think this is probably the best marvel character at the moment the marvel visual universe character like i like she's actually funny she's not all caught up in herself the thing that she's worried about i think are very real human concerns about having a public image versus a private image having uh, uh, physical differences, all, uh, any number of things that I think that the show does a good job to at least touch on, if if not maybe go as far as it could go. Um, so yeah. uh, Tom and I, I think, were already primed to want to love She-Hulk. Uh, Tom from, uh, uh, sorry, uh, what's her name? The main character? Oh, Jen. Tatiana Maslany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, because... Uh, Tom has been telling me about how talented she is, and I've seen some Orphan Black, and Tom is right. Me from the backstory of Shield and everything, and this idea of a fabulous superhero, um, and and uh, I in general love this show so much, and uh, not for nothing, it I, I find it weirdly validating that you, not knowing much about any of the acting talent, not knowing, not having experienced any of the backstory from the comics just came in and real and, and are like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I like that very, very much. And you know, I don't get to, I feel like I don't get to say that enough about Disney stuff. <laughs> hey, that's good. Yeah. Um, but I really dig it. Um, yeah, there's a few moments that are kind of corny. I think Meg the stallion, maybe a little bit of a stunt cameo, but it's very short that she's in but i yeah i think it's it's really solid and i think it is the the right balance for these mcu shows of of being not so heavy heavy emotionally the entire time and trying to cut it together with these the one-liners and the quips like it's it's it this is a little bigger than that in a good way so i i 
Oh, I'm no, glad to say off. it's she. Uh, Thank uh, you. B- uh, before we get to the abandonees, I'm, I'm noticing a bunch of uh, torn up sheets on the floor here. I'm not sure why these just are can't, here. You can't, just can't stop yourself. You couldn't keep it at 10. We put uh, a limit at 10 and Brian just can't, he can't uh, stop it. I, He's like, I can't I, stop at 10. I, I don't know what they were saying, but but this one says hacks, throw it over the shoulder. This one says Rick and Morty, throw it over the shoulder. This one says the boys, throw it over the shoulder. This one says lower decks, throw it over yeah. the shoulder, and we're done. <laughs> I definitely had three of the four on my floor as well. <laughs> oh, really? Like, yeah. like almost, almost. The boys yeah. is good. I don't. The know boys was not one of them. Season yeah. was great. I don't know that the the it's not my uh, hacks, Rick and Morty sure. and Laura Dex. Yeah, they yeah. they could have very easily been in there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, the abandoning. This is uh, the one show uh, that we save to the end. Uh, again, unlike those other award shows, we give you the good stuff up top. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, the abandoning. We, we want to end with a bad taste in your that's mouth. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we want to leave you leave you ending this year with a horrible taste in your mouth. Uh, no. My abandoning lately for the last several years has been a show where I'm like, oh, I thought I liked that show, but I guess I didn't. Cause I stopped watching it and totally forgot. I stopped watching it. Uh, and this year that was lock and key, a uh, new wow. season of lock and key came out and I remember enjoying watching the first seasons and I have not yet started. This doesn't I, mean I won't start it at some point in the future. Doesn't mean I will, but I definitely by definition abandoned it. Can, can I guess Tom that, uh, it's, uh, I'm going to use air quotes here. Crime. Uh, uh, the reason it's being abandoned is because it's just not the graphic novel, uh, the graphic novel. Uh, maybe. Is- yeah. Uh, this, this is one of those things where I can make up a reason, you know, I'm human. I can, I can, I can rationalize why I didn't watch it. I honestly, if I'm honest with myself, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't watch it because when I was watching the other seasons, I was enjoying it. I wasn't sitting there like, uh, making myself watch this. Uh, it's not as good as the book. I'm like, oh no, this is this is decent, and I like some of these characters, and I like their depictions. But yeah, I, yeah something was yeah. missing, and it I just never found the time to go watch it. That first season, I, I did. We all watch the first season for yeah. spoiler time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that first season had some ideas, but it just it felt really drawn out. It felt really drawn out, and there was a big gap between these big visual moments of the imaginative world, you know, behind these keys. Um, yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a tough one. Uh, Brian, have you got an abandonee? Yeah. Now, normally an abandonee embodies just, just apathy, just like I can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Very rarely do we have an abandonee with prejudice and mm. that's what I have. Why in the F word does anybody think Barry is still good? I hate it with a passion and I want to keep watching it, but with <laughs> hatred in my heart, I want to understand why everybody pretends this show is good. This is like a reverse abandonment. You're yes. like, I refuse to abandon it because of my hate for it. I mean, whatever. I mean, it's, it's for them to impress me. No, you know what? I'm going to watch it and hate watch it. It's worse than Westworld. It's awful. It's terrible. It's then a bad show. Why do you want to keep watching it? Because it was good at the beginning. Ah, you're, it's hope. That's, hope keeps you yes. going. That's and instead, domestic. its That's... message is awful. And it's just 
all the way up its own butt all the time. Like what I loved about it to begin with is that it was this wonderful, delightful juxtaposition of um, the BS reality of Hollywood fused with the very real reality of people who kill other people. And now it's just fully embraced the BS Hollywood reality. And I don't understand why everybody loves it now. It's dumb. It's bad. It's stupid. It's terrible. I hate it. I hate it. I, I would hire Barry to kill it. Mm. Yeah, but then you'd be in the show. You'd be supporting the universe that the show yeah. revolves around. Maybe you'd there's something I'm not character. seeing. Eh. I, I do not agree with you on all of those things, but I also agree don't understand why people love it as much as they do. I, I don't get offended by it so much as bored by it in this last season. And that, that to me is even more unforgivable of like, you, you should at least provoke, at least you're provoking an emotion in Brian where I was like, yeah, okay. It just seems like more of the same. You, well, and, you, and yeah. to, to be honest, uh, I suspect it's not the show that provoked my feeling. It's the rest of the world. Like I'm angry. Like, I can watch the show and say, that's not as good as it began and be done. But Mm -hmm. I live in the timeline where I'm seeing everybody else fawn over it. And Mm -hmm. the more people fawn over it, the more upset I get. Because what it indicates to me is maybe I don't understand humans, you know, and that's upsetting (laughs) to me. Yeah, sure. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Bryce? All right. Bryce, what have you abandoned? Speaking of not understanding humans, I got an abandony for you. You got the last word, the last envelope. (laughs) This is a tough one because this was a previous killie of mine. Um, I've done that before. It's hard. I really went to the bag for season one of the show. And uh, in the the intervening time, they've had a second season come out and a holiday special. And I've watched zero of them. And Mm. it's not because I don't like the characters, because I think the characters are interesting and they have an interesting dynamic. It's not because of the concept, because I think the concept's fine. The writing and the animation are okay. But for whatever reason, I just have fallen off of the solar opposites uh, train. This is the uh, animation from Hulu. uh, And it Justin Roiland. Justin Roiland's involved. Mike McMahon uh, is involved. It looks like Rick and Morty from the way that it's animated. And the idea of like these two aliens who come to Earth to take over Earth. Blend in. And and, and, and to blend in, but they don't blend in at all. They're they're like, there's something there. There's good stuff there. But I think the thing that worried me is that in season one, they did um, a special episode. Uh, where this thing that was going on in the background of the first season becomes a whole episode, which mm. is fine and fun and and for, and fancy. But then they did a sequel. That's right. I did watch some of season two because they did a sequel in the second season, and it was fine. But I'm not here about the the mini people. I don't. I'm not. I don't. I don't want that. I want the the other guys and. Mm, Keep it simple, James Cameron. I didn't come here for 75 nested narratives that are going to pay off in some theme park, Avatar 2. It's not the simplicity of it. It's just, that's too cute. You don't do, you're doing too many cute things. Like, okay, like it, it, it feels different than something like the Rick and Morty, say, interdimensional cable, which what? is 
mm. admittedly a clip show of clips that I've never been <laughs> made before, um, where this thing is like, oh, we've made our own secret Easter egg and now it's all serious and we're going to dedicate entire episodes to it now. I don't, I mean, it's fine, it's interesting, but it, it, it is it is two okay things that should not be merged together. And just that alone, I think, kind of pushed me away from it. And it's a shame because I do think that first season is funny and I'd like to give it another try, but at the moment it is not something I'm going to watch. Are, are you angry at it the way I'm angry at Barry? No, I... Uh... No, no one else likes it. <laughs> <laughs> That's he doesn't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not angry at it. I am a little disappointed. Uh, partly because I wish angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I kind of wish Hulu would make a better sell on it because I like the show. I do make like better this show. decisions. Solar opposites. And <laughs> yeah, and then the hol- I don't like holiday Listen, specials. I'm not gonna solar watch opposites. Your mom works so hard, <laughs> and when we come home and we see you doing this stuff, come on. <laughs> we love you, solar opposites. <laughs> no, not me. I'm abandoning it. I'm dropping it off. <laughs> the fire station <laughs> oh my god the, and therefore we're abandoning you so opposites <laughs> every Good year luck. we do this and every year i think like well i don't know how much is there to talk about turns out quite a bit turns out yeah yeah indeed mm-hmm. uh well that brings us uh to the end of a another wonderful successful killy awards uh in previous ceremonies some of you gave killy awards of your own uh in in craftsman character uh, categories uh or other categories send them to us cordkillers at gmail.com uh, also uh and- t- tell us why we're wrong sure uh-huh. yeah that that you know I love that. Uh, so court killers <laughs> I mean, you don't have to read them. I read them. I, I I'm the self loathing one. I was gonna say you're gonna be <laughs> you're, the one. You're the healthy one. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much uh, for letting us do nine years oh my of God. court killers. Wow. Uh, oh my goodness. We are entering our tenth year of court killers right now at this very moment. So. Uh, all I can say is is thank you for making that possible. Uh, thank you to Brian and Bryce uh, for making that possible. Thank you, Tom. And uh, you know what? Have a happy and healthy new year. Uh, and may the force be with you. Well, and um, this close. on behalf, <laughs> on behalf yeah. Yeah, real close, real close <laughs> to landing it, which means now this happens. Uh, Tom, on behalf of Bryce and myself, you're welcome. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye. Have a happy new year. (laughs) 